Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet, internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you are here today because I believe that God's word is able to build you up to do the things that he has called you to do and to be the person that he has called you to be. And of course, today God's word is doing just that in our lives. Now we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God, but I want you to look at a scripture that we are well familiar with, but I want you to see this word of the Lord from a little bit of a different angle. Okay. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter eight. Yes. Verse 18, a scripture that we uh, delight in. We delight in all of God's word. And let's take a look at verse 18. The scripture says, and you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Now we rejoice with the first part of verse 18, part a, but we need to put equal focus on part B, which says that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Now let's look a little closer at part B concerning the power to get wealth. The Lord says that he may establish his covenant which you swore to your fathers, watch this, as it is this day. In other words, as it is this day denotes present tense. This is a covenant that you can engage and step into today. It's not relegated to past times. It is for this day. And also understand that the power to get wealth is established on the platform of what we see here as being a biblical covenant. When you step in the covenant, you encounter the power to get wealth. But remember, it's on a covenant basis. Prosperity, I'm sure some of you have found this out. I know I did. It took me a while to make the discovery. But prosperity is not a promise that you can claim with such things as prayer or fasting or making endless positive faith-filled confessions. That's, those are all good. All three of those are good. Prayer is important. Fasting has a, uh, is a key that can unlock some doors that others can't. Fasting is important. Making the right confession of faith is important. We know Mark chapter 11, verse 22, verse 23. But prosperity, however, is not a promise that you claim with prayer or fasting or making positive confessions. Rather, prosperity is tied into a covenant. And this is something that you must step into and practice. A covenant in so many ways uh, in our modern day terms is just like that of a contract. In this case, it involves two people. That would be you and God. And so in order to do this contract, to do this covenant, you need to have a good understanding of what the covenant requires of you. And when you do, and you willingly step into it, then the next thing you know, you're up and running. I'll tell you, there's something fascinating about God's financial covenant is that it doesn't work what I would call super fast. And there are a lot of super fast, get rich quick schemes that in the long term, they are 
They're already destined for failure. They're not going to work because the foundation is not right. But when you work the covenant, your lifting up begins immediately, although it may not turn overnight. It may not turn within the first four or five days. Oh, but it will begin to work rather quickly, but the overall impetus of it, it continues to grow stronger and stronger as you go. So I would rather engage in long, long-term success than something that's an overnight fly by night and you have a little happy moment, but it's not going to bring you lasting, durable financial strength. So I, I really want to encourage you to engage God in the area of covenant practice. And this, again, this is not something that you pray or fast your way into. Literally, you just step into it by faith in agreement with the covenant terms and you get running with it. We see an example of this in second Chronicles chapter 15. Let's take a look there. Second Chronicles chapter 15. I know some of you are relieved. Maybe you thought that in order to uh, meet God on these types of terms, you have to do a 40-day fast with no food, maybe only drink water. No, that's not scriptural. There is a place again for fasting, but that's not what we're talking about. Second Chronicles chapter 15, let's go to verse 12. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Verse 15, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest all around. So the first thing that happens is that when you go into a covenant and you're willing to meet those terms and you're willing to do your part, the first thing you begin to experience is rest all around. You start to get peace. Things begin to stabilize in your life. Why? You're doing it the right way. You're doing it God's way. His ways are eternal. They flat out work no matter where you're at in the world, no matter where, where you live, no matter what your background is, no matter what your race is. If you walk into a covenant with God with understanding of that covenant and begin to practice it, it starts working for you and it begins to introduce rest and peace into your life very, very quickly. And some of you, that's what you need. You don't need another Hail Mary prayer, okay? An, uh, as we would say in football, a, hair, a Hail Mary type pass, because if this doesn't work, oh, it's all over. The, the, that type of living needs to be all over with, praise the Lord. And I'm talking to some people that you're, you're, you've been living like that financially, like you're flying on the seat of your pants, and you never know when you're going to have another uh, uh, situation where you're going to need a, some kind of another wild miracle to pull you out of it. My friends, uh, your heart doesn't need that. You don't need to live under stress and this constant uh, uh, chaotic, on the edge, always type of living. God wants you to have financial rest. He wants you to have peace. Praise God. And so here, you see, they just walked right into a covenant. No, no, no uh, 21 day fast. No, you know, uh, we have to do 10 all night prayer meetings before we can do it. No, they just said, this is what we want. And they just, just stepped into a covenant. <laughs> it really is that simple. Praise God. So I've seen Christians pray and fast for financial increase, and they think that's how it works. And it doesn't work like that. Can you imagine? Think about how, uh, uh, how can I say, think about how biblically incorrect that way of thinking is. It would be the same way that if we were to imagine a farmer 
And let's say he's got a thousand acres. So he's got a lot of land and it's all fertile soil. And, you know, it's been cleared of trees and stumps. So this is land that's, that's ready. And uh, it's good soil. And he goes out there and he looks over his land and he prays and he fasts. And uh, 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 he makes good confessions. I'm going to have a great harvest. Uh, thus says the Lord, I'm going to have a great harvest. And he comes back and tells his wife, wife, I want you to know I've been out there praying and fasting. And I'm telling you, come harvest time, we're going to have the greatest harvest we've ever seen, ever seen. And then the wife turns around and asks the simple question, oh, that's good. How much seed did we sow? He goes, well, I, I didn't sow any seed. I just fasted and prayed. <laughs> Woo! Sounds crazy, doesn't it? That's because that is. That's crazy thinking. Why? We all know in farming it doesn't work like that. But in the church, you have Christians that are trying to do that all the time. All the time. Mm -mm. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So, here is a law. Here's how the law works. It's a law that God has established. Harvest only responds to seed. Well, I want that harvest that's out there to respond to my prayers. I, I'll do a hundred day fast. No, 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 no. The harvest doesn't have any respect for that. The harvest is only going to respect the seed that you sow into the ground. Why? That's just laws that God made. And you're not going to be able to change them unless you want to create your own universe. <laughs> And your own planets and your own galaxies. <laughs> Woo! But if somebody's going to try to create, create all of that, and they can't even understand something as simple as this, can you imagine what their world would be like? Mm -mm -mm. So I'm sticking with Jehovah God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, so uh, the law of harvest is that harvest only responds to seed. So this is a natural law. Where does it originate? From spiritual laws. From spiritual laws. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't really know about, you know, you teach about giving and tithing and seed time and harvest. I don't really know about that. Oh, well, where do you think all the natural laws came from? They, they are a parallel to the original, the spiritual laws of what? Seed time and harvest. Well, we know it works in the natural. Well, of course it does, because it also is pulled and from the spiritual where it really works at. Mm -hmm. So, let me say this. The only thing that would keep you down financially would be your failure to practice the covenant. We need to be people of God that do not make excuses. We've got a lot of professional excuse makers throughout the body of Christ today that can give variable reasons of why they're broke, variable reasons of why it's quote, not working for them unquote. But the only thing that keeps a believer down financially is their failure to practice the covenant. So let's not make excuses. There is no economic hardship in any nation that can personally cause that covenant of God to be broken. I don't care if it's famine. I don't care if it's tsunami or hurricane or whatever it might be, or economic difficulties and perplexities and things like that. There's no economic hardship in any nation that can break God's covenant. Praise the Lord. I want to ask you a question for those that maybe uh, might be uh, uh, trying to understand God's kingdom and you're trying to wrap your mind around this. So I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you two. Here's the first one. If COVID is so bad and COVID is so strong and its negative financial effects are so awful, then how come COVID 
did not break God's covenant of day and night. Think about that just for a moment. If COVID is so big and COVID is so bad and COVID can even break God's covenant, how come it didn't break the covenant of day and night? Last thing I've noticed for the last couple of years since this, all this COVID and all this stuff broke out, seems to me that the sun and moon are still changing place every night. Oh, Pastor Stephen, but COVID is different. COVID is so big and bad that everybody's suffering financially. Who in the world has told you such a gigantic lie? There have been people that have gotten so wealthy during COVID. Billionaires have increased their wealth by billions and billions of dollars. And other people have gotten wealthy during, during COVID and, and stuff like that. But my friends, you have to be very, very careful about all the information that would fly around out there offering excuses for why it can't work for you. But I'm just saying that God's laws are in they're, they're immutable. When God gives covenant, God can uphold that covenant. It doesn't matter what's going on in the earth. So if COVID is so big and bad and, and can disrupt everything, even God's laws, how come it can't disrupt the law that he made with day and night where God told day and night, you're going to keep changing place. Forever, as long as the earth remains, which is forever, you're going to keep changing place. How come that's kept going on? How come that has kept going on? Well, let me tell you, just as surely as day and night have been changing place for the last two years, the financial covenant of seed time and harvest has also continued to work for those that believe it and operate by that higher spiritual law. Woo! Which is why I stand here today having looked at all the records, having read all the financial reports of what our ministry has accomplished last year. Last year, 2021 was the greatest year that this ministry has ever had financially, irregardless of all the baloney that COVID was doing around the world, around the nation, around this state, around this county. Despite all of that, the sun and moon kept changing places and the law of seed time harvest kept working for those that held to it. And I just happened to be one of those who is a covenant practitioner. So you can't say it's not working. It works if you'll work it. Woo! We must take all excuses and relegate them to the garbage can. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And if we make excuses, we're saying God's not faithful. But all you have to do is wait till tonight and see if the sun goes down and the moon comes up. If it does, you know that God's true. And everybody that says he's not is a liar. Everybody that says his covenant doesn't work is a flat out liar. Woo! Praise God. But I know. I know I'm talking to covenant practitioners. You know what I'm talking about. It'll work. doesn't matter if there's famine going on. It do, it'll keep on working for those that will work it. Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise God. Well, my friends, the second question, of course, would be if COVID could break God's uh, covenant uh, laws of day and night, what would make us think that COVID can somehow stop seed time and harvest? Well, of course it can't. Let's take a look at it. Just, just uh, get our eyeballs on it. Some of you need to camp on this scripture for like the next three months. Just camp on it. I mean, literally not just with your eyes, put your hand on it. 
If you're using a, a phone or a tablet, put your hand on it. I would recommend on this one, get you a Bible. Put your hand on that scripture. Let your, script, let your fingers touch that scripture and just hold your hand on it and say, Lord, let the life and the power of your word here in this verse come into my life and let me work this. This is what God said. While the earth remains, how many of you know it's still here? Glory to God. Even if you go up the space, you still got to come back down. Even if you go out to Mars, you're still going to have to come back sometime. You're going to die out there. While the earth remains, and it's still here. And even if you live the planet, or leave the planet, the planet's still here, okay? So while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease, shall not cease. Why will they never cease? Because they are covenants that God made. God made a covenant with seed time and harvest and said, you'll never stop working. You'll, this rule will always work. God made a covenant with day and night said, you two are always going to change place every single day. And it's been doing that every single day. And it will for all eternity. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. My friends walk into the covenant. All you have to do is walk into it. Know what God would would desire of you, your obedience in these areas. Be a tither. Hallelujah. Don't fight the word of God. Don't look for ways of, of why you can get out of biblical responsibilities. Embrace the word. David said, I, he said, God, I delight in your law. I delight in your word. Your scriptures, are, your, your words are not burdensome. Your commandments are not burdensome. They're life. Oh, I love the tithe. My wife and I take great delight in honoring the Lord by bringing the tithe to Him. My wife and I love to give. Hallelujah. We're not looking for ways to exempt ourselves and get out of what is our, our normal acts of obedience. Woo! Praise the Lord. So my friends, walk into the covenant. Engage God on covenant terms. And if you feel the pressure of the world system, if you feel the pressure of the famine of the economic roller coaster that your nation might be going through or that your state might be going through, then you know what to do. What do we do, Pastor Stephen? You work the laws, seed, time, and harvest. Get the seed in the ground. Oh, yes, pray fast if you like, but that alone will not bring you into a covenant. You're going to have to work these mechanics of the covenant. Mm -hmm. So you need to know the terms. Be a tither. Pastor Stephen, I trust God. How in the world could any Christian say they trust God when they don't even honor God with the 10% that belongs to him? Pastor Stephen, I want revival. I'm all for revival. I'm praying that God give the young people revival. Oh, so we're going to say we're in, revi in revival when we're walking around stealing the 10% that God says is his? That's the first sign of revival, according to Malachi chapter 3. If you read it in context, the whole context is return to me. Come back to me. In other words, God's saying, come back to me. Obey what I actually say. And what is one of those things he said in a sense of revival of coming back to God? God said, give me the tithe. It's mine. <laughs> and if you do it, I'll do all of these things for you. I'll rebuke the devourer. I'll open the windows of heaven. All kinds of created, uh, creative ideas will flow into your mind. The reign of heaven, uh, the, which is the, a type of the Holy Spirit, will begin to touch your, the way you think and the way you operate. And you'll have prosperity and all the sickness and disease. God will push all that junk back, give you protection. Who in the world wouldn't want that? 
Woo! Praise the Lord. My friends, be a covenant practitioner. This year, watch this, this year will be the greatest year of giving ever in your life. Now, there's the future, but we're in the now. And this year that you're in now will be the greatest year of giving that you have ever experienced before. Why? You're not just a covenant observer. You're a covenant practitioner. That means you are working seed time and harvest. You are working that. Woo! <laughs> what does seed time entitle you to? Harvest. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. I pray for your people that there are any riding on the fence. I pray the fence collapse beneath them and they make a decision with eyes wide open to walk into the covenant with a big smile on their face, knowing that that is their high tower, knowing that that is their, that that is the ark of escape. Father, we give you praise. And for those who have already entered the ark of safety, who've already uh, have, have made this commitment, Lord, I thank you. This is their year of their exponential lifting up. And I thank you, Father, while that covenant train can move a little slow as it pulls out of that station, it begins to get speed and nothing stops it. So, Father, we are people that are just committed to doing our part. We thank you that you always do your part. So, Father, strengthen your people and bring the stability that they desire in their finances and the great wealth, even the transfer of the wealth of the wicked into their possession for the establishing of the covenant and for the preaching of the gospel around the world. And I thank you, Father God, that you will make them a financial sign and wonder, causing those around them to wonder, what are they doing that's producing this? Oh, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you for the secrets of the covenant being unveiled. We give you praise in Jesus' name. <laughs> Woo, around the world, we say amen. Praise God. Amen. Hey, for some of you that are in a, you're in a, you're in a financial pickle, this is your way out. This is your way out. Pastor Steve, I'm going to fast my way out. No farmer will fast his way out unless he gets seed in the ground. You sow your way out. Paul, speaking about the Christians in Macedonia, said they, he said, even despite their impoverished condition, they insisted on giving into the offering that would be taken for the church in Jerusalem. They gave their way out of poverty. You don't pray your way out of poverty. You don't confess your way out of poverty. You give your way out of lack, insufficiency, and poverty, and that's how you come up. Instead of being a lone consumer, you now become a producer Instead of looking for a handout, you are now a distribution center for God. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. The Lord's going to bless you real good. Stay faithful. Amen. Your giving is blessed. Praise God. Now, for those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 2865. Four. If you would like to bring them in online, you can do so literally from anywhere in the world. You can do so anytime, day or night, and you can go to the website to do this. StephenBrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give has a red heart on it. You can click that and bring the tithes and offerings directly into the storehouse of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Mm -mm. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. And let me say also, on behalf of my wife and I and our entire growing ministry team, let me say thank you for making 2021 a tremendous year, the greatest financial year we've had yet. But already in 2022, we're rolling fast. Hallelujah. The glory, the glory is already touching us in certain areas. So this year is going to be even greater. And uh, this is going to be a very, very special year. But thank you for standing with us as we're taking the gospel to the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles and go today to Psalm 102. We're going to talk about secrets of the covenant. There is one particular covenant secret that seems to elude many in the body of Christ. And it's not like for many that they don't want to know. Many would like to know, but it has not been taught for various reasons. We're going to cover that today. We need to, and we're going to be in Psalm 102. Praise God. Psalm 102. We're going to start today in verse 16. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word and study your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would turn this word into spiritual food, that this would be our strength, this would be our protection, this would be our empowerment and our divine enabling. So, Father, we thank you today for hidden manna that we consume. We thank you that, uh, yes, we like bread, but we know that you designed us not to live on bread only. But by every word, every living rhema word that comes out of your mouth, we thank you for feeding us today heavenly food in Jesus' name. And we say amen. Now, before we take a look at verse 16, excuse me just a second while I drink some water. Let me say that we have signed on with WKHE in Hawaii. And again, another wonderful thank you to everyone that sowed towards that to help us make that extra push. The contract has been signed. We will be on uh, KWHE in Hawaii covering all five Hawaiian islands twice a week. Now, the primary time is every Monday morning at 730. We'll also be on it Friday at five o'clock in the morning. Well, we got a tremendous slot on Monday at 7:30. We have a great what, what's called in the television industry a lead in and a lead out. So who goes just before us is uh, James Robinson, and just right after us is Perry Stone. So we have a great lead in, great lead out. We're right sandwiched there in the middle. The Lord has always helped us to get a good groupings like that, and so we're praising the Lord. Thank you, ministry partners, for helping us to expand to cover the Hawaiian Islands. Praise God! Every Monday at seven thirty. Mm -mm. Hallelujah! All right, we're rejoicing in the Lord today. Psalm one hundred two, verse sixteen: For the Lord shall build up Zion; he shall appear in his glory. I would like for you to see yourself in a sense as Zion. When we look at the Old Testament, what we would call studies of types and shadows, you could see in some ways that the nation of Israel represents an individual being such as yourself, but Jerusalem, or even in a sense, Zion would represent the very core of your being, which would be your spirit man. And it says, for the Lord shall build up Zion. Now, I'd like how the, uh, the King James words this a little bit better. 
uh, and some other translations do as well by saying, when the Lord shall build up Zion. That's your building up. That is the establishing of your foundation. That is having things in order, done the right way, done the biblical way, done, done God's way. In other words, the way God would do it if he himself were doing the establishing. Okay. For the Lord or when the Lord shall build up you put your name there for when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Uh, there were two uh, men one time, Christian men, they were in a small room. Room wasn't too big. And they, uh, they loved Jesus, but they loved to smoke cigars. And uh, one of them lit up a cigar and started blowing smoke. And uh, smoke starts going throughout the room. The other one lights his cigar up. And they're sitting there, you know, having a kind of a pleasurable conversation. And uh, they, he's smoking too. Now smoke's starting to fill up the room. And one of them said, Brother, he said, is it possible that the glory of the Lord has come down? It seems like the room's being, it's become full of smoke. And, and the other one says, now I remember a scripture in the Bible that says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And it was like a glorious smoke that filled the temple. And so they, they were beginning to rejoice. But then they realized, no, this, this is just cigar smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and many, many in their uh, desperation to want to have the real thing would be quick to uh, accept a substitute and even label perhaps the substitute as being the valid one. But the reality is it all blows away like smoke in the wind. And no, that is not the true glory. But my friends, when you rise up to take your true glorious position, then Jesus will be there. When you rise up and say, you know what? I'm not smoking these stupid cigars and I'm not going to kill myself with cancer nor set a bad example for others. I'm going to start to get rid of this stuff and build myself up. That's that's when the real glory starts to come. So we have to make sure that the foundation is set the right way so that when the glory comes, uh, we're ready for that. So if we do our part with the, with the focus on the foundation being right, then the Lord will always do his part. He shall appear, how? In his glory. Mm -mm. Then we've got the real thing. Praise God. Now, Psalm 11. Let's jump over there. Praise the Lord. Psalm 11. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 11, verse 3. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Woo! Praise God. Now, it is important today for you to understand that every plan of God has a foundation. But if you don't understand the foundation, you suffer frustration. I want to say that again. If you don't understand the foundation, then you suffer frustration. So in order for you and I to experience the fullness of God's plan for our lives, we must examine the foundation so that we are not building on sand. And that's not something you want to wake up one day and realize, wow, I thought I had a pretty good foundation, but now that I've examined it, man, we've built this thing on sand. <laughs> well, what do you do? <laughs> you correct it. You fix it. If you're doing something wrong, you have to make those adjustments if you want the Lord to show up in glory. Praise God. Now, let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to see a covenant secret concerning the proper foundation. Now, this is not celebrated. 
everywhere throughout the body of Christ, there's a lot of preachers that the verse I'm about to read, they would not read this verse uh, uh, before the congregation. And we're going to go to it right now. On purpose, we're going to go to this verse. And this, again, is 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, let's go right to it. Verse 19. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation. Now we're going to get in the secrets of the Lord. Okay? And some of these secrets have to do with the foundation. The solid foundation of God stands having this seal. Get ready. Here it is. The Lord knows those who are His. That's number one. Here's number two. And let everyone, not some, not just a preacher and his wife, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Say bye-bye to it. Say goodbye to it. Look, you're going to have to do that. Say goodbye to iniquity. Here's why. Not only because God commands it, but you're going to have to understand that every promise of God is connected to this foundation. I want to say it again, because we have a lot of Christians that get real excited about the promises. They'll sing songs. All God's promises are yes and amen. And they are. All of God's promises are yes and amen. And every single promise is attached to this foundation. And if the foundation is messed up, it leads to what? Frustration. Woo! Watch out. Watch out. Mm -mm, I'm coming right into your room today. And the word is coming your way today. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. If you permit iniquity to operate in your life, then you allow a disconnect to take place between you and God's promises. Wow. And get ready. Here's, here's, here's the revelation moment. This is why many believers know the teachings of the Bible, but they don't have results. Mm. I'll say it again. This is why many Christians, they know the teachings of the Bible. They can quote you Bible verses and all kinds of stuff, and they can act pious. Look, being right with God is not a look. It's not some kind of a, you're wearing a robe or a pious look. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It has everything to do with the foundation. And if the foundation is not right, you can know all kinds of teachings. You can be aware of all the promises. You can study them and so forth. But it's not going to work if you're allowing iniquity to operate in your life. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. And this is the golden key. I want to say it again. This is why many believers know the teachings of the Bible, but they don't have results. Why? They're, in a, they're allowing iniquity in their life. Now, they may not tell you they are. They're not going to hold up a sign and say, yes, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> but when it's not working, oh, oh, it leads to what? Tremendous frustration. Mm. This frustration is taking place because the foundation is not in place. And some some who don't, who don't understand this, because I'm talking covenant secrets right now. Some who don't understand this even begin to live, uh, lean towards what I would call liberal theology, where they actually say, well, we have all this stuff that says all of this, but it's not, it's not, it's not working for us. So can it, can it even be true? Ah, 
Oh, now, now they're beginning to define theology based on their own personal experience instead of what God said. What's, what's causing all of this mess? Deep down inside, they are tolerating certain things in their life that God's saying, that's got to go. And they're saying, well, Lord, you know, it's just a little thing, whatever it might be. And Lord, I, you know, it's just a small thing. But that, that my friends, is why so often for so many believers, the word is not producing. Hmm. I had a very sincere young man come to me one time, and he was very zealous for ministry. I obviously had a calling, and to a certain degree, had some anointing. But he said, oh, he said, Pastor Stephen, I know there's got to be more. I said, yeah, there is. He said, I know there has to be stronger levels of anointing. I said, there are. He said, I know that God has more for me. I said, I'm sure he does. But he said, I, he said, I don't know how to get into it. Now, he's, real, he's talking to me real close. He said, I, I don't know how to come in to these things that are obviously available for me. And he said, I just don't know how to do it. Nobody will tell me how to do it. And now he's talking real close to me. So close. I can smell his breath, and I can smell two things. Number one, that he's been eating breath fresheners. He's gobbled down a whole bunch of mints. But the mints just couldn't, just couldn't cover up the smell of cigarettes. I said, well, brother, I said, so you feel God's got more power for you to step into a greater anointing? He said, I, he said, I know. He said, no, God does. I don't know how to get into it. I said, do you smoke? Oh, oh, well, well, now, now, Pastor Stephen, we all have things, you know, that, um, that, you know, we try to, you know, we, we deal with and we're working on and stuff like that. Well, what do you think, brother, about this scripture? Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Well, you're doing something wrong and you know you are, but you won't stop it and you keep on doing it and you won't give it up regardless of what it is, regardless of an addiction, regardless of however you got into it or whatever the case might be. You have to understand there is grace for sin, but you're not going to get into the fullness of God's blessings, the really good stuff that God has for you, unless you say bye-bye to the junk. Mm -mm. And any preacher tells you that you can, that you can have God's best while you're still doing that junk. He is lying to you. He is deceiving you. And the only reason he would actually be doing that is because perhaps, perhaps he's just, he's not willing to go all out for the Lord. Maybe he thinks if I, if I actually read this scripture, I could lose, I could lose members. Look, we need to be truthful. We need to start realizing that by doing the right thing, the end result will be betterment for everybody. We've got to stop lying to people. We have to stop misdirecting people because we don't want to hurt their feelings. We need to speak the truth in love. But, you know, this stuff of uh, lying to people and cheating and uh, 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 swindling people and uh, uh, being dishonest and having a, a lack of integrity, uh, you know, uh, pu punching the time clock like you worked eight hours when you only worked six or six and a half hours because you're off doing other stuff or you had somebody else punch the clock for you. You know what? That stuff has to get fixed. Why? If the foundation's not right, if the foundation is not right, you cannot get into the glory. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to the book of Genesis. It is humanity's struggle. Praise God. Genesis chapter 2. 
verse 15. We are not the first generation to face these things. Praise the Lord. Well, did the brother ever give up the cigarettes? I don't know. I honestly don't think he did. I think he really liked smoking. I think he liked to hide it and eat a bunch of breath mints because for whatever reason that brought soothing to him. When life got stressful, he could smoke a cigarette. But of course, you know how that goes. Life gets more stressful. Maybe the cigarette's not cutting the mustard anymore. Then you move on to marijuana. And well, if you've compromised in that area, later when life could get even more complicated, maybe you decide to get a little something extra to uh, deal with uh, life's challenges. And before you know it, you're all wrapped up and tangled up with things that you never, ever thought would hold you. But my friends, say goodbye to the iniquity. Say goodbye to all of it. Cut it all off and go on with God and step into everything that God has for you. Everything, everything that God has for you. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Anything that you tolerate in your life that's wrong, it'll never leave your life. If you tolerate it, it will never leave your life. You must get rid of the iniquity. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 2, we're going now to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God said that. God absolutely, completely meant that. And what can happen sometimes is we can try to justify ourselves and say, well, you know, it won't be that bad. But I tell you, as you continue to walk with God, you do realize that God said what he said and he meant what he said. And if you violate that, there will be consequences to that. That's why we want to strictly follow the Lord's commandments. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Now, verse 9 and 10. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Notice that the immediate effect of man's sin, of his fall, was nakedness. And because of sin, he was therefore stripped naked of all honor and dignity. That's what sin will do. That's what iniquity will do. It will strip you of honor and dignity. And so Adam went from a place of plenty to now being in a place of lack. He went to a place of absolute comfort. And who doesn't like comfort? He went from a place of comfort being driven now out in the wilderness. So my friends, as long as the practice of sin or iniquity is tolerated, then lack, shame, humiliation, all types of frustration, degradation, and wilderness experiences will refuse to leave your life. Mm -mm. It'll just be associated with iniquity. 
It'll just be associated with sin. And until you fix that, the foundation is not ready for the glory. Mm, praise God. It's not ready for the Lord to come and do the great things that he wants to do. This is a covenant secret that I'm revealing to you today. Praise God. Let's go back one more time. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation, that's what God requires you to have. The solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity until you step out of sin. You cannot step into the fullness of what God has for you. And this is God's sure foundation. I need to let you know today from this pulpit that this foundation has not changed. It's never going to change. Well, why pastor Stephen? Because God doesn't change. God doesn't change. His character is never, ever going to change. It's the same throughout eternity. Praise the Lord. Let's look at a man who understood this and this was revealed to him. And we're going to look today at the life of Job, Job chapter one. Sometimes people call it the book job. By the way, if you don't have a job and you need a job, this is the book to read. There is an anointing all over this book to get a great job. Mm -mm. Although the book is pronounced Job. <laughs> Woo! Father, I pray for everybody that would need a job today. Maybe they're in the wrong job and they need a new job or maybe, uh, they don't have a job and they're looking for a job. Father, let this be a turning point today as their foundation is stabilized and they go out and search for gainful employment. I thank you for giving them a breakthrough job in Jesus name. It's coming. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to Job chapter one. Let's begin in verse one. The things I'm teaching you right now were never taught to me growing up in church. Why? The pastors did not know this. They did not have a revelation of this. I'm not talking about the book, the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. When I'm talking about revelation, I'm talking about illumination and understanding or a revealing of God's secrets. They did not know this. And you cannot teach what you do have, what you do not have knowledge of. So me and many others, we were raised in evangelical circles and in the evangelical church where if you were just a Christian and you were a pretty good person, we thought that's all that God required of you. And we had no clue that God meant what he said. And when he gave commandments, he expected us to carry those out and obey them. Oh no, we were just easy come, easy go, show up for church, which was better than what some other Christians did by not showing up. We showed up for church and we'd be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And we love the Lord. We, we'd sing songs to the Lord. But in many ways, we did not know these kingdom secrets, such as what we're talking about today. But here's a man. Here's a man that did. His name is Job. Some historians, some rabbis even say that this is technically actually the oldest book in the Bible. Verse 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man, watch this. That man was, oh, I already know what some of you modern day Christians want to put in there. That man was lucky. 
That's Pastor Stephen. That's why Job had all that money. He was lucky. He had a rich uncle that gave it to him. Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, that man Job had so much money because the government favored him and gave him a government contract. That's how he got wealthy. No, no. Look at the secret of Job's success. Face the secret unveiled before you. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. He was not a swindler. He was not a trickster. He was not a liar. He was not a defrauder. Do you know how many Christians I've met who don't even keep their word? who can actually lie to you to your face, say they'll do something, give you their word, say they'll do it at a certain date, certain time, and the day and the time comes, and nothing has been done. And they have no intention of carrying it out. And you think, wow, wow. Well, I'll say this, the grace of God is marvelous. <laughs> the love of God is plenty. But you cannot live like that and get into the thick blessings of God. It's impossible. Why? Foundation's all messed up. It's all messed up. But with Job, he understood, I've got to have my foundation right in my life. And he got it fixed. He got it right. He got it rock solid. And he was extremely blessed by the Lord. So this is not some form of lucky wealth. This is not some form of ancestry wealth hang, uh, handed down to him. This was a covenant man who knew, who knew what God expected of him, and he complied with that and lived his life in a way that was pleasing to God. Praise the Lord. Let me say this, that when you keep yourself pure, then God reveals covenant secrets to you. Woo! Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. I'll never forget it as long as I live. My wife and I just graduated from, uh, it was a prophetic, very small group of prophetic, uh, like ministry type prophetic training, mainly learning how to prophesy, how to operate in the prophetic. It wasn't a traditional Bible college or it wasn't even a traditional school of ministry. I wouldn't call it that because uh, those types of things, that's not the path that God took me down. But it was a small scale, very intensive teaching to get activated in the gifts of the Spirit, to learn how to prophesy. And we stuck with those courses, stuck with those courses, and eventually graduated. And we were, when we graduated, the presbytery or the leadership gathered around uh, those, we had maybe about four or five in, the, in our group that had completed it together, but you know, they would, the presbytery would pray over you. So they came to pray over me and Kelly. And when they prayed over Kelly and I, and, uh, I remember that one brother, he was actually a big, uh, a big, uh, weightlifter. He was real strong, but he could really move in the spirit. And he gave me a prophecy that to this day, uh, it means the world to me. He said, Stephen, he said, the Lord says this to you. Your security is in your purity. Woo! Your security is in your purity. Mm -mm. Oh, now, Pastor Steve, I don't need a word like that because I'm a man's man and I can walk amongst all this and it doesn't affect me. Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? I'm not saying you can't go out and enjoy yourself and go around the world and stuff like that, but there are some atmospheres that you shouldn't be in. There are some things you shouldn't see, and there are some things you were not meant to hear because there are things in this world that can bring defilement. Praise God. 
But if you keep yourself pure, then God will reveal covenant secrets to you. This, my friends, begins to get into the subject territory of the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So Job is blessed. And there's a reason for that. We have got to stop saying that when we see a successful man or woman of God, minister of God, the church has got to stop attributing their success to luck. Oh, they stole the people's offerings. That's why they have success and prosperity. No, no. For the man of God, his prosperity is not in the pockets of the people. His prosperity is in his pockets based upon his sowing and his giving and his tithing. <laughs> the key that drives my vehicle is in my pocket. It's not in somebody else's pocket. It's in mine. Your success is in your hands. Your supply is in your hands. It's not in somebody else's. Now, yes, God works through people. But the mechanics of that and the supernatural mystery of that is based upon your walk with God, not somebody else's, your walk with God. Mm. Job's success is based upon his, what the Bible says, blameless and upright walk with God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Psalm 25, I really like this scripture. Psalm 25, let's go to verse 12. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. Did you catch that? In order for the Lord to teach and instruct you, the requirement is that you must have a deep reverential respect for the Lord. Now, that, that reference of fearing the Lord, of course, would encapsulate having a deep and reverent respect for His Word, His commandments, His precepts, his teachings. Praise God. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. Now, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Pastor Stephen, I don't understand why brother so-and-so doesn't get it. Oh, probably because brother so-and-so doesn't really fear the Lord. It's easy to say hallelujah. It's easy to say glory to God. You can be in the church for a month and you begin to learn what we would call Christianese, the language that church people use, the expressions that, are, that flow throughout the church. And you can pick up on this, those cliches and use those type of expressions. That doesn't mean you have any fear for God at all. But he will revere, excuse me, he will unveil the covenant to those who fear him. He actually gives covenant secrets to those who have a deep reverence, respect for him and his holy word. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go back to the book of Job. This time, let's go to Job chapter 29. Job is very easy to find. It's always right before the book of Psalms, and Psalms is always in the middle of your Bible. Now, we're going to Job chapter 29, and I want you to go to verse 4, and I want you to see the outcome of walking in covenant with the Lord in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, blameless and upright. And we come to verse 4. Verse four. Just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent. Now, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, the friendly counsel of God was over my tent. 
And in some ways we could say, yeah, that's a good translation. But again, the old King James version is actually more accurate when it says the secret council. Now, why would one version say secret council when uh, this version says friendly council? Because in the, in the Hebrew, the literal meaning here is intimate friendship. So this is counsel going on between God and a man. That's not just conversation. It's intimate talk with, with God himself, all wise God, all knowledgeable God, and he's sharing intimate secrets, intimate friendship with you. That is why some translations use the word secret counsel, because that is accurate. When the intimately friendly secret counsel of God was over my tent. When the Almighty was yet with me, look at verse 6, when my steps were bathed with cream and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. And those rivers of oil just meant that Job was getting continual, fresh revelation as a businessman of the new ideas and, and new understanding of how to govern his business, how to continually increase his business, how to continually better service the customers and how to have a better product and how to treat his workers and how to run all of this because he had hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of workers. He had the largest collection of livestock from camels and goats and all these, uh, the different types of animals and sheep. And he basically had what you would call the largest car dealership in the world because of all the camels, the luxury sedan of the desert. Very, very interesting. And how did he have the knowledge to do all of this and to increase all of this and to generate all of this wealth? It's because he was walking right with the Lord. He feared the Lord and the Lord just kept pouring out rivers of oil for him. His steps were bathed with cream. Oh, I would say so <laughs> with that type of prosperity. I would certainly say so. But my friends, this is your portion too. These are those that are in the hall of faith in the sense that these are the great characters of the Old Testament that set a high standard that we can look at their lives and emulate their lives and realize, oh, this is not luck. This is not chance. This is not some kind of happenstance or weird coincidence. This, this walk and these results are a product of having the right foundation. And if we have the right foundation, then therefore, my friends, we can expect and we will receive the same exact results, if not greater, because now we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, God's secrets are not free. They are limited to those who love righteousness. That is very, very important. God's secrets are limited only to those who love righteousness. Praise God. Let's close with this scripture from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 1. Let's drop down to verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So it's the fear of the Lord that carries us into this. So we have to understand that God's foundation has not changed. When you step out of iniquity, 
is the very moment that you begin to step into the blessings, even the greater blessings that God has designed, prepared, and held for you. So my friends, we need to be believers in a very corrupt society. We need to be salt and light. We need to believe, uh, be believers that deal straight in all of our dealings, and we need to never compromise our integrity. Praise the Lord. Not for anything. Why? Your, your future is riding on it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's a politician right now in another nation that uh, many people said, well, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. But the true reports were coming out were that, yes, unfortunately, he did. He has been involved in the dealing of bribes. And now uh, that person is trying to uh, uh, reach a plea bargain, basically, so that he doesn't have to go to prison. Let me say this. The moment you ever take a bribe or endeavor to bribe somebody is the moment a spirit of deception comes upon your life. And if that spirit of deception comes upon you, now you, ha you cannot make correct judgments. We see this now, not only in our nation, we even see it in the case I just gave of uh, uh, the, leader, the former leader of another nation, and it's happening all around us. And people think, well, that's just the stuff that you have to do if you want to get to the top. That is where the lie is at. That is where we have to get to the root of the problem. No, integrity does not hold you back. Integrity is actually what lifts you up. And these others, like we're seeing with governmental leaders who may be at the top, but they have been engaged in uh, forms of uh, a failure of areas of integrity and so forth. I tell you what, uh, that will come back to bite them. And not only that, even if they think they're getting by with it, have you noticed things aren't working for them? This stuff doesn't work. Why? If you're doing crooked stuff, things don't work the way they're supposed to. You will just create another problem. And all you're doing by cheating or lying or trying to cover things up and do things that are crooked, all you're doing, even if you think, I got that position of power, nobody knows, and I got my wealth, all you're doing is pushing your problem further down the road, and all it's doing is making the problem worse and worse. The problem won't go away. Wow. And things won't work either. They will not work right. That's why there is so much fear in the earth. That's why there is um, all, all types of uncertainty because all these dynamics are working out there. But my friends, we're going to have to be like Job. We're going to have to be well grounded. Praise God. Let's go back to our key scripture today. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. And again, I want to say by obeying this scripture, it doesn't set you back. It actually lifts you up. That has been the lie of the devil. That if you, if you walk in integrity and don't compromise, then you're going to lose out. You're not going to be able to play with the big boys who are willing to do deals on the table. Don't ever do deals under the table. Pay your taxes. Do things right. Do things by the book. Because if you're dealing with the big boys underneath the table, uh, they've got you. And that all the, all this uh, areas of extortion and blackmail, you get into uh, a world th that is a uh, it's an awful place. My friends, live right, have peace in your heart, and you'll still go up, and you'll go up the right way. Now, remember, I said earlier that the covenant train may move a little slower, but I'll tell you one thing: that covenant train will take you up Zion. It'll take you to the top, and it'll take you up there the right way.
Hallelujah. And now there will be glory. Now there will be a true shining. Now there will be a genuine kabod, a resting of the glory upon your life. You got there the right way. Get rid of all this fake, uh, fake stuff. Don't even wear fake jewelry. If you're wearing something that says, like, let's say you, you have a, a brand that says Gucci or Rolex, and it's not, it costs $12, and you got it at a, you know, like a cheap replica store, don't wear fake stuff. Do not be a fake person. Why? That's called counterfeit. That's illegal. Whoever made that, whether it's a ring that says Cartier or whatever it might be, well, Pastor Jim, I like buying all my stuff there. That way people think I have the real thing. No, no, no. You're pushing yourself further and further away from the real thing because now you are supporting really what is, let's just be honest, it's more than just a gray market. That is an area of, um, of illegal activity. It is wrong to make a product and stamp the name of a company uh, of a genuine company on that. And that company didn't make that. This is counterfeit material that is illegal. And if you're doing that, you're only contributing to a faulty foundation. All of these types of things God sees. He sees all of these things. <laughs> Woo. Somebody's thinking right now, Pastor Stephen, I have a, uh, I have some more stuff to deal with than just a fake watch or fake jewelry. Don't be fake. Be real. Praise the Lord. And, th and then you will have the real thing. And when you have the real thing, it will mean something to you the right way. Now, one more time, our key scripture. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God. Everything about God is solid. There's no trickery. There's no conniving with God. He is a straight shooter. Everything about God works the right way. So the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart, leave, walk away from, get away from iniquity. Woo. And that's your way up. Hallelujah. I see somebody shooting up like Job. Hallelujah. I see somebody growing like the willow on the bank of the river and your roots are going down into that luscious water and you're just growing and you're prospering. Woo. Glory to God. I see it's time for your rising. Hallelujah. <laughs> make those corrections, make those adjustments, tighten things up and get on with God and get into the blessings and get into the good stuff that God has for you. He's waiting for you. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. So many different types of things. Look, look I'm, a, I'm, I'm a man of God. People, they confess to me. Uh, uh, yes, they can confess to God and God hears them. But sometimes it helps to bring it to a person so that that, that person can hear your confession and can say, I understand your humanity. I'm human too. Let's, you know, you're confessing this to me. God hears this. Let's get this under the blood. Obviously, you're repenting. You want to get right. I have people share many things with me, and I never tell anything uh, because I'm there to help that person get right with the Lord. Praise God. But my friends, these are areas where we cannot, we cannot play these games. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is watching. He's watching all of these areas. Mm -mm. Glory, glory, glory to God. The blood of Jesus 
The blood of Jesus, hallelujah, is helping to heal foundations right now. Lift your hands. Father, we just thank you that you are repairing the cracks in the foundation. And somebody's saying, now, Pastor Stephen, I got, a, I got a really big crack. <laughs> I need to pour a lot of concrete into this crack. God's healing right now. You know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. Some of you are in a, in a, in a situation, it's almost like you're in a lion's den, but the lions have not woken up yet. You're thinking, Pastor Stephen, what should I do? Walk out. As quietly as you can, God will help you back out of some situations you still have time to get out of. Okay. Some of you others, you're in some stuff where there's some entanglements. You're going to have to go to some people and talk to some people in order to walk away from an iniquity. You're going to have to tell some people, just be honest. I can't do this anymore. Now, Hey, you're just involved in this as we are. You just, you're going to have to trust God and you're going to have to do your part and back out. If you don't back out, you're in for a mess that this is a warning from the Lord for some of you. If you don't back out, it's going to, it's going to get worse. The very thing that you fear will be realized back out. Praise the Lord. Because some of you, uh, there's a, there's like two or three people that, that happened to watch this program today, that if you don't back out, there could be some, you're going to be looking through some bars. You're going to be on the other side of some bars looking through and you're going to think, Oh boy. Yeah. So do the right thing. Do the right thing. Fix the foundation. And then what happens? The Lord shows up in Zion. Father, bless your people. We thank you that you're working mightily right now, right now. Healing, healing, healing in Jesus' name. Cut it off. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 These things are very serious. You cannot, I want to say it again, you cannot go into the fullness of what God has for you if you're fooling around with stuff that, that's wrong, that God says is wrong. Praise the Lord. You're living a lie if you think you can. And the reason that some live that lie and they think it's going to work out anyhow is because they didn't get the secret. Why? The secret is only revealed to those that fear the Lord. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But now you know, and now you can go to the top. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that are watching today, and for whatever reason, you caught this message, and the Holy Spirit kind of caught your heart, and you've listened along. God gives you an opportunity right now to get your life right with Him. So I want you to pray this prayer and call upon the name of the Lord, and He'll save you, and He'll give you His new life, and He'll wash your sins away. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I don't want to sin anymore. So, Jesus, save me right now. Come into my heart. I give my life to you, and I say goodbye to iniquity. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. And lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me and for giving me a solid foundation in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And the Lord has heard that prayer. And he has answered that prayer. You now belong to him. And he's going to help you. Some of you are in a few situations. He's going to help you get out of them. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Now. Let us take Holy Communion, grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice, hallelujah. You don't have to have it in a real nice cup, you just grab what you have, just use what you have. If you don't have one of these little wafers that you can order online, just grab a little cracker or a cheese it. Do, do the best you can. God will meet you right where you're at. <laughs> and hold it up, let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate the bread and the juice through this prayer and set it apart as holy. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And Father, we proclaim his death until he comes because it's through his death upon that cross that he has purchased our salvation. All these promises, all these blessings, all of these benefits, we step into them. We step into them on the solid foundation. Thank you, O God. Father, we have read the fine print. We have read the fine print. And you're so nice that you don't even make it fine. You make it big and large because you're not trying to pull the wool over our eyes. You want us to understand and know our part to play in order to be blessed fully. Now, Father, we just thank you that today there's going to be rivers of oil flowing. There's going to be paths of butter. Oh, God, that your people are going to find themselves walking in. And we give you praise because we are going all the way into the fullness of kingdom living. So, Father, we now receive the body of Jesus, his flesh, and we thank you for the rivers of oil flowing as we receive this. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's merging many of you in the leadership. Hallelujah. He's raising you up like Joseph. He's raising you up like Job. Hallelujah. He's raising you up like Jacob. He is raising you into leadership. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and its mighty cleansing power to wash sins away completely and fully. And Father, we pray that the blood of Jesus would be applied to our lives. Thank you, Father, washing all sin away right now. Thank you, Father God, for a sure foundation, a solid foundation. Thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit living in us, helping us to live the life that you have called us to live that you might be glorified. Now, Father, we thank you for helping us. We thank you for abundant grace. Hallelujah. We thank you for supernatural strength. Hallelujah. To bring you glory, to live in a way that's pleasing to you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us now receive and drink the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Now there's rivers of oil flowing right now. There's revelation flowing right now. Praise the Lord. Some of you in the days to come, the weeks, the months to come, you're going to have to find yourself in a place where you're going to have to hire. You're going to have to hire workers, laborers, employees. Praise the Lord. The Lord's raising up leaders today. There is a release of eagle anointing today. The fly. A little look, I'm telling you, God's called you to be a high flyer. You're saying goodbye to chicken territory. You walked around there long enough, pecking around, messing around in the, in the dirt. Hallelujah. It's time for you to become the high flyer that God is destined for you to be. Praise the Lord. And that includes leadership. Praise God. So, Father, I just release that apostolic grace, that apostolic anointing 
doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's going to become an apostle. That's not what I'm trying to say, but there's an apostolic anointing that's a leadership anointing that you're wanting to touch your people with now. Let that flow right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. We thank you. We thank you, Father God. So I just would hear the Lord say today, some of you, it's like your crown's been sitting sideways on your head and you're, you've been a little bit puzzled, but a little maybe walloped by the devil. The Lord says, straighten out your crown, straighten out your walk, get on that rock solid foundation and up up you go because this covenant works and God's word works. Praise the Lord. And when you know wh what the foundation is, my friends, I'm telling you, God begins to do these mighty things. Look, you cannot just look around the world, look around your life and say everything's natural. It's not just natural. It is also spiritual. You must honor the Lord because these things are very real and they affect the way that your life goes. Praise God. So Father, we thank you. We rejoice in your word. We delight in your word. And we thank you, Father God, for a straight walk where we are salt and light. And we give you all of the praise. We give you all of the praise we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Praise God. There's a couple of you. I see seven. Seven different individuals. You're going to find yourself in the situation. It, it looks like it's going to be some type of work situation. And uh, there's going to be something. You may be brought in one-on-one. -on -one. You may be brought in as a group. It's probably going to be done one-on-one. -on -one. And the question is going to be asked, did you do this? And because your foundation is right, out of everybody that will be brought in, you're going to be the only one that says, I didn't do it. And there's going to be promotion because of that. And there's going to be dismissal of others. Watch and see. Watch and see. One time I um, spent some time with my father. Uh, and my, my brothers and my mom, we, we gathered together. Uh, when my, my parents had some property in Virginia and it bordered a national park they had a very beautiful property. And so we all went up there. And, um, so my brothers had arrived a few days before me and they went and hiked a certain trail. The trail went towards the, the national park property that adjoined my parents' property. And it led to the top of a peak that had a very high peak and a very long overview. And it had a fire tower on top. And the fire tower had a fence around it that was probably, if I remember, about 10 feet high. But the fire tower was sitting on the top of the, of the mountaintop, and it was like another maybe 70, maybe 60 feet tall. And so uh, me and all my brothers were all very, I have two other brothers, were all kind of very adventurous. We all are, you know, um, uh, we, 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 have the, we have the man element in us. We, we like we like to, you know, explore. We, we've always been athletic and so forth. So anyhow, so I got there after my brothers had already been there a couple of days and uh, they told me about the path. They told me about the, the view. And so I said, okay. So I did the same walk by myself and eventually wandered and made, made it all the way on the trail, all the way to the top. And I thought, wow, what a view. And I saw the tower. I said, oh, oh, that would be fun to go up the tower. Then you could, you could see, you could see to the edge of the world. And I, I walked up to the fence and the fence said, no entry, no entry, no trespassing, no entry. So, you know, I just kind of walked around the fence and I thought, well, that would have been fun, but uh, obviously it says don't do it. So that means don't do it. So um, I'll just enjoy the view here. Okay. I finished the hike, came all the way back home, 
Now, let me say this. I want you to understand the context. My father never really understood my ministry. He was raised in a denomination where they thought they were the only ones going to heaven. And when I became Pentecostal, filled with the Holy Spirit, he and my mom thought I'd lost my mind. And they did not hold back from telling me that. And they, you know, in, in many ways, pretty much there was like a cutting off. And they thought, well, Stephen, obviously, he's going to make a mess of his life, and he's lost his mind. Well, what happened is that God called me in the ministry. God began to lift me up in the ministry. And my parents sometimes would just randomly turn on the TV, and they'd be shocked to see me on the TV, you know, like, and they're like, what is going on in his life? And so they begin to realize this, this old Stephen that we used to know, you know, who grew up, he's not the same anymore. But, you know, they, 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 they like, well, we, you know, we knew, we knew him. And he, obviously this is just all maybe a, maybe you're like a religious front. Well, I got back, got back, got back to my, my parents' home. And my dad, first thing he asked me when I sat down on the couch, he said, well, Stephen, did you do the hike and get all the way to the top? I said, yeah, I sure did. Uh, he, he had, he, the trap, it was a trap. He had the trap ready to spring. And he said, well, he said, your brothers took the same hike. I said, yeah, they told me they did. He said, you both, your brothers also climbed over the fence and went to the top of the fire tower. I said, oh, they did. He said, yep. He said, did you do it? Did you climb over that fence? I said, no. He said, why not? I said, because the sign said, don't do it. It says government property, no trespassing. I said, Dad, I didn't do it. It doesn't matter if nobody's going to see me. I said, it's not right. I said, that property's not mine. So I said, no, I did not go over the fence. <laughs> it's, it, the light began to dawn. This is not the Stephen that we used to know. He would have done anything, and I would have, because I, I didn't remember. I was raised in church. I didn't know that God really meant what he said. I thought, well, you love God, you know, you die, you go to heaven, you blah, blah, blah. I didn't know God really meant what he said. I didn't really understand that God meant your foundation better be secure. But I'm a different person now. Totally different person. I don't even think like the way I used to think, crazy ways I used to think. <laughs> God straightened me out. And that one thing so witnessed to my father that Stephen has, he has some type of integrity he has some type of something or another that, uh, that really speaks, something that speaks, praise God. And I see there's seven of you because you've got the foundation rock solid. Something's going to happen with your, within your corporation or your workplace. And there's going to be a search to find out the truth because something's not wrong. They're going to find, they're going to come to you and they're going to find out you were never involved with it. You, you refuse to be involved in it. Maybe you even tried to report it. Now, it doesn't matter if they didn't listen, but at least you did your part, and you are clean. You're pure. And that will speak more than standing up and giving a two-hour lecture on the book of Daniel. Praise God. You are a written epistle. The, 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 the words of God are written on you, and so often it's not what people read in the Bible. It's what they read when they watch you. Praise God. So we can't have muddy waters with our life. It must be crystal clear. <laughs> Woo!
Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Father, bless your people. And we thank you, Father, for a golden foundation. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You're blessed. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.